Welcome to the weekly message from Rama Family Church. It is our hope that as you listen to this message, you will come to know Jesus better and be established in your faith and equipped for the work of the ministry. You can view the sermon notes and listen online at rama.org.au forward slash media. So we started last week a series that we're calling it Three Ways to Release Faith. And there's, I'm not saying these are the only three ways, but we're just talking about three ways to release faith. Last week we talked about releasing faith like a shield. So just really a quick review. Here's a scripture from last week, Ephesians chapter 6. This is the scripture that we talked about that you can, you can release faith like a shield. And shields protect So this scripture says, in addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. So the devil, he's shooting fiery arrows, and God made it possible for us to put up a shield of faith. So what we made a point of last week is as Christians, we can put up a shield. And really, that shield is big enough to protect us from all the fiery darts of the devil. Now sometimes... You know, a, you know we, we aren't really diligent with putting up our shield, and when we don't keep our shield up, we can have an attack. And I know I've experienced attacks because I haven't kept my shield up. But the wonderful thing is today we're going to look at the sword, because even if a dart gets by and we get attacked, we have a sword. Uh, and so we'll be getting into that today. But here's, here's just a few things before we get into that. We want to say a few things about last week. The shield, okay, it's a supernatural shield, okay? And this supernatural shield, we talked about, uh, if you watched the, uh, the Gladiator, or if you've watched any of those movies that have the old Roman Empire, you'll notice there were two kinds of shields. There was like the big shield that you could hide behind, and then there was that little round shield that you could uh, put on your arm. This shield that we're talking about, it's the big shield that you can hide behind. So what the Lord is telling us is if we can keep a shield of faith up, we can actually prevent things from coming our way. And so we said last week uh, and gave a few examples that like what I say about myself, uh, I know that that most of you know, unless you're visiting with us today, that I did some dumb things and I ended up in the hospital. It was my fault. But one thing that I did that was smart is I've been saying for a long time that cancer can't live on my body. So where most of the doctors, and I I just was officially released uh, on Thursday, I had a follow-up appointment at the Logan Hospital uh, for my kidneys, and I was officially released from there, so now I'm I'm released from two different hospitals, and I don't have to go back for anything at hospitals, uh, and it's a good good report. But I was talking to the kidney specialist, that released me on Thursday, and he was just saying, wow, he said, we all thought you had cancer. We just all thought you had cancer, you know, and they were just all shocked, and and I'm so grateful that I didn't have cancer, but I've been saying it for a long time, cancer cannot live in my body by the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed, okay? And so that's a way that you can put the shield up. Don't wait for it to happen, say it. So in the morning time, all of us as Christians, we can put up a shield every day. Every morning we can say, no evil will come near my dwelling. No weapon formed against me will prosper. 
We can say every morning, I'm blessed coming in and I'm blessed going out. Uh, we can say every morning, by the stripes of Jesus, uh, I'm healed. Sickness can't live on my body because Jesus took my sickness for me in my place. And uh, no sickness, you can't live on my body. Every morning we can speak to our body. We can, we, can, we can say, I call all the organs in my body whole and well. I call my blood whole and well. I call my, my skin whole and well. I call my bones well. I call my joints well. I call every, and everything in my body from the top of my head to the soles of my feet, I call it well and whole. We, we can do those kind of things. You know, we can, and then that's just one area of our life. With, you know, health is a big thing. But we can do that with finances. Okay, we can actually, uh, even when necessary, uh, we can actually, as far as our relationships go, sometimes you got to put a shield up because the devil wants to destroy relationships. And sometimes what we say about relationships can preserve them or damage them. And so you, you see that we can just hide behind this shield, and it really has a lot to do. It's the shield of faith. And so we're talking about how can we release our faith. One way that we can release faith is as a shield, and that's taking the promises of God and declaring them, and that puts up a supernatural shield. So that's what we talked about last week. Okay, so this week what we want to talk about is we want to talk about releasing faith like a sword. Okay, so before we do that, I thought it would help to do a little comparison. So let's look at this here. Uh, a shield is for defense, a sword is for offense, okay? A shield protects, a sword attacks, okay? And then a shield stops the enemy's, enemy's attacks, a sword attacks the enemy that got by the shield. And like I say, you know, sometimes, the, uh, you know, because of we, we, um, we, it's us a lot of times that we don't keep the shield up that we'll have an attack come, Okay? Now, like what they told me is they said because my father had his prostate removed because of cancer, and then my oldest brother had to have treatments, radiation, because of cancer in the prostate. And so when the doctors heard that, they thought for sure, me, because my prostate was uh, swollen, that for sure I was going to have cancer. They just thought because that's in your family line. Well, sometimes because of uh, heredity and what can be in family lines, uh, the doctors just say, well, that, that'll follow you. But see, I'm, the Bible says I'm redeemed from the curse of the law, and even though my father had that and my brother had that, I'm redeemed from the curse of the law, and I'm going to say cancer can't live in my body, okay? But so with some people, you know, even for your, like what you know might have been in your family lines, you don't have to accept it, and you can actually put a shield up, okay? And, not, and by you putting up the shield... You're saying, I'm redeemed from the curse of the law, you know, and the Bible says about me, the Bible talks about curses in the Old Testament, but what the Bible says about us, we're redeemed from the curse of the law. I don't even have to go back and study my heredity because I'm just going to cover myself completely and say sickness and disease can't live on me. I'm putting up my shield of faith, and uh, if sickness and disease comes toward my body, those, you know, it'll die. It, it won't exist on my body. You know, when it comes time when everybody says it's the flu season, you can say the flu virus will die when it comes in contact with my body because the, I, I have the life of God in my body and the life of God will destroy the, the uh, flu virus when it touches me. That's a good inoculation. There's no side effects with that inoculation. 
because right now they're talking about a lot of collateral damage that those flu shots do that they, they wreak havoc in other areas. So hey, this is something that won't wreak any havoc. Just say the flu germ and virus dies when it touches my body. Okay, so, so but in the event that we have to deal with something, now we have a sword. God just made it possible, so victory, victory, victory. That's the way that God is, and he wants us, uh, he gives us so many different ways. So here's the scripture that we're going to look at today when it comes to releasing faith like a sword. So Mark eleven twenty three it says, For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things which he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. So what we first of all want to notice here is there mountains can exist okay this is talking about a mountain so like i i had a mountain you know in my life and it was there and it's our choice so the mountain exists now it it's in the way when you read the scripture what you see is there's a mountain and the mountain's in the way it exists and it needs to be dealt with okay so we can put up a shield that will prevent things to happen but if something is there it's, a, it's considered a mountain. So I just did this because I was curious. So I did a little research uh, about what does the mountain represent in the scriptures. So here's what the, this, this one, this is the Jameson Fawcett Brown Bible commentary. And this is about Mark eleven twenty three. This is what it says what, about a mountain. What he designed, that's the Lord Jesus, to teach was the great lesson that no obstacle should be able to stand before a confiding faith in God. Now, those guys make their English a little bit, you know, uh, it's, you know, it's not really complicated. But basically, what that is saying about Mark eleven twenty three 23 from a commentary is that God, Jesus was teaching us that a mountain is an obstacle. That's the point that I want to make. So, so when we looked uh, in the Bible and it talks about a mountain in this way, it's saying that mountains are obstacles and we have a sword of faith that can remove the obstacles. And then here's a couple other things. Zechariah chapter 4 talks about a mountain in the Old Testament. So here's what Barnes says about Zechariah 4.7. The mountain symbolizes every resisting power, Satan and all his instruments. So when we talk about mountains in the Bible, what, what it's telling us is we can remove obstacles and resisting powers because we have a sword of the spirit we have a sword that we can release and then here's the benson commentary on zechariah 4 7 that says the obstacle shall give way the difficulty vanish the opposition cease removing mountains or leveling them into plains are proverbial expressions denoting the overcoming of the greatest difficulties and removing all obstacles okay and so I like that and 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 here's here's the thing uh, as Christians we have to make this decision you know what are we going to believe about things because there there are some Christians that think okay you know um, this came at me and I don't know why this is coming at me but what does God want to teach me because of this but then what do you do with all this because you know when you look at this like there's a shield of faith and what the Bible's telling us is we can actually put up a shield for protection. And so what, what are you going to believe about Christianity and about life? Are you going to believe when you wake up in the morning while well, God's going to do some things to you and see, see how you like it and see how you get through? 
Now, here, here's one, one thing I want to make, uh, make sure we don't get off balance. The way that God will test us is not with tragedy, sickness, or disease, but God will test us with obedience. That's the only thing I can find in Scripture, especially the New Testament. That's what we're living in, that God will say, I want you to do this, and he'll see if you'll do it, and he'll see if you'll stay with it, and he'll see if you, you know, don't run away from it. And that's the way that God tests us in the New Testament. But he's not putting sickness and disease on us, and he's not doing tragedy stuff. And, and we don't wake up in the morning thinking that's going to happen. Okay, so I've been tested the whole time I've been a Christian with obedience. Okay, will I do what he says to do for as long as he says to do it? That's, that's the way that God does that. Okay, but I never saw sickness and disease when I went into the hospital I never thought God put me there, that God did that to me. Never thought it, because that's not the way God does it. Okay, so we want to make sure we're clear on that. Okay, but getting back to what I was saying, uh, we have to then, when we wake up in the morning, and I like what Smith Wigglesworth said, and if you don't know who he is, uh, he's gone home to be with the Lord a long time ago, but he was from Britain, and he was considered an apostle of faith. And Smith Wigglesworth said when he said, when I wake up in the morning, I don't wonder how my day is going to go. I declare how my day is going to go. In other words, what's he's doing? Well, he's probably in one way putting up a shield, but in another way he's declaring that I'm going to have a blessed day. He's not wondering if God is going to send something his way and do some things to him or if something's going to happen to him and then it's going to be like God saying, oh, I, I just wanted to let that happen to you. He's not wondering those kind of things. So why would God give us a shield of faith for protection and to put a shield up if that's the way he is with us? So I think it's important for every Christian to, to not think when I wake up in the morning, I wonder how it's going to go, but to start saying, today's a blessed day. Today, no evil will come near my dwelling. No weapon formed against me will prosper. Today, sickness and disease cannot live in my body. Today, I'm blessed. Financial blessings are coming my way. Money's coming to me. I'm a giver, hallelujah. I sow and I plant finances, and God is blessing me. Today is a day, you know, why not wake up in the morning to say that? Now, is that, uh, and then, but, but, you know, let's not forget, you know, God blessed us so we can bless others. So I, I don't want to just talk about healing and finances and not think, well, we're, we're also here to win people to the Lord. So I don't want to come across as being like selfish or any that we're, we should be selfish and it's all about us. But here's the thing, when you don't have your health and you don't have finances, a lot of times you won't be telling people about the Lord because you're dealing with stuff. And so that's probably why health and finances are a big thing because th we need those two things to go out and win the world. We need to be healthy, strong, and we need to have finances to do it. So we always want to say the right thing about our health, and we always want to say the right thing about our finances so we can go out there and win people to the Lord, okay? Okay, so um, here's, here's uh, moving on here. Here's a common factor of the shield. There's like a common factor between the shield and the sword, okay? So the common factor between the shield and the sword is simply words, okay? Words in line with God's word spoken from our heart that's the common factor that's how you put up a shield but that's also how you use the sword so a shield can prevent mountains from getting 
into our life you can prevent sickness and disease by saying things that the bible says about our health but if sickness and disease shows up you can then use the sword to cut it out of there to get rid of it okay so the common factor between the sword and the shield is words in our mouth and in our heart okay so those same words in our mouth and our heart will put up the shield but those same words are also will help us with the sword all right so let's uh, let's talk about this now uh, just it's important to say some of these things what did Jesus accomplish with his words or what did God uh, is what I wanted to say what did God accomplish with his words because we have to understand if we understand God is really into words God is into words I know some people think well just a certain brand of Christianity makes a big deal about words but I, I want everybody to know that God is really into words and if we're into words it's because we notice that God is into words now look at this in Isaiah chapter 45 and verse 12 he says this he said I have made the earth and created man on it I my hands stretched out the heavens and all their host I have commanded so notice there when God talks about making things he's talking about commanding okay so how did he do all that well let's look at a few other scriptures Psalms 33 and verse 6 it says by the word of the Lord were the heavens made their starry host by the breath of his nostrils so you notice by the word look, look at 33 9 it says for he spoke and it came to be he commanded and it stood firm okay look at 148 5 let them praise the name of the Lord for he commanded and they were created and so you can see that this is the way that God does things this is the way that God gets things done he 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 commands he speaks and then they come to pass okay so the answer then how does God do things and how does he get things done well the answer would be with his words with his mouth okay so when we talk about you know releasing faith like a shield we're talking about words in our mouth and the word in our heart but then when we talk about also a sword we're talking about words in our mouth and in our heart and that's how we get things done so you know God created with words and here's the definition of create okay create it means to bring into existence so when we see that well God created God brought into existence things that did not exist and he did it by speaking he he spoke them into existence okay so we can speak a shield into existence we can also speak and we can use a sword so here's some thoughts about this okay words are important okay so we want to just talk about some things about what we can accomplish with our words all right so here's 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 an interesting well it's not interesting it's true our words can bless us and help us or they can hurt us i mean i think everyone here would know that our words can help us or bless us or our words can hurt us okay so here's the thing God sometimes get blamed he gets blamed for things that we're responsible for okay and a lot of times the things that we would blame God on for is because of what we spoke and what we believed 
and then we blame God for it. And you, and you might say, well, how, how, how could you say that? Well, because I just know the Bible says that the devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy. So if there's any killing, stealing, and destroying going on, that's the devil. And I know that it says that Jesus came to give life and life more abundantly, and I know that's God. So I know when something's going wrong, that's not what God wants. But sometimes, because we, we allow things. So I, as I said, I, I never blame God for anything that I went through, because I knew... I knew enough to prevent everything that happened in my life. I knew enough. And I didn't do what I knew, and I take the blame for it. I own up. I'm willing to own up. And I think it's really important that we all own up. You know, don't blame God for things that we're responsible for. Okay, so, 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 um, so you own up to that. And so what you can see that in the Bible, it's very clear that our words can bless us or our words can hurt us, okay? You can even, and, and, and this is not even in my notes, this just came up into my spirit, and so I'm going to say it before I lose it. You can even set the mood of your day by what you say. You can even, like people that say, I'm tired all the time, well, you'll surely be tired all the time if you keep saying you're tired. You can say, well, I'm depressed, and you'll, you know what? You'll sure enjoy a little depression, you sure will. You know, I'm stressed out. Well, you just claimed you're stressed out, so you'll enjoy some stress. Now, what am I saying? That your day when you wake up, that you don't have an opportunity to get in a stressful situation? I have opportunities all throughout the day to be in stressful situations that as soon as I say that I'm stressed, I accept it. But I, why not say the peace of God rules in my life? Why not say that instead of say I'm stressed? You see what I'm saying? We can set our day by how we talk. So, you know, it's just we, we need to, you know, you could say that person offends me, and surely you'll be offended by that person. That person is offensive. You know, it's probably, that, that person probably is offensive, but are you going to let them do that to you? Because there's plenty of offensive people out there, but are we going to let that affect us? So there might be an offensive person. But you don't have to take that, and you don't have to be offended by that. The Bible says to take no offense. So if there's an offensive person out there, that's their problem for being that way. But why do you want to take offense? Why do you want to accept it? Why do you want to accept stress? See, there, I mean, that's why the Bible says the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. Hey, God wants us to understand that we can have peace and joy throughout our days. But, you know, it's really up to us if we're going to enjoy the peace and joy. Okay, and you know, e even for like, you know, um, I won't even get into that, okay. <laughs> I don't, don't want to take, I don't want to be too strong and offend anybody, okay. So let's move on to this, James chapter 3 and verse 10. You got to admit, I'm a pretty nice guy. <laughs> James chapter 3 and verse 10, okay, it says, out of the mouth proceed blessing and cursing my brethren these things ought not to be so so notice how blessing and curse it can come out of the same mouth does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter water from the same opening okay so our words here's here's some thoughts here our words can create mountains or obstacles so you know we want to put up a shield but do, do you know we have to understand that our own words can create mountains in our life we can create obstacles in our life by how we talk Okay, and, and so it's important to know that or 
On the contrary, our words can remove every obstacle and mountain that is in our way. And so out of the same mouth, these two things can happen. Now look at this, Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 21. It says, the tongue can bring death or life. Okay, our tongue, we have to understand, in our life can bring death or life. That's how powerful the tongue is, okay? So they used to say years ago, and I don't know if it, it was ever said here when it was real, it used to, this used to be taught quite often, uh, you know, 20 and 30 years ago this, along these lines. And so they used to say, you're hung by the tongue. Did that, was that here? That you get hung by your own tongue. You're hung by the tongue. It rhymes, you know. And you can actually, that can be true. You can get hung by the tongue. You know, because the tongue can cause death. The tongue can bring death to relationships. The tongue can bring death to our bodies. You know, the tongue can bring death to even ministry. And, you know, or the tongue, on the contrary, can bring life to our bodies, can bring life to relationships, and can bring life to ministry. Okay, it, it's, it's really up to us, okay? Now, look, here's another scripture. All right, uh, well, before I give that, um, here's another thought, actually, about soldiers. Okay, so you know that from watching movies that soldiers can fall on their own swords, all right? So their swords hurt them. Or, on the contrary, then, soldiers can become very skillful with their swords, and they win battles because of their swords, because they're so good with it. So as Christians, you know, we don't want to be fallen on our own swords. We want to get skillful with the sword, and we want the sword to work for us and to win battles, Okay, so here's a few more scriptures. Proverbs 18 and verse 7. It says, The mouths of fools are their ruin. They trap themselves with their lips. You know, so I wouldn't want to think Christians are in the category of foolish. Okay, but the Proverbs, sometimes uh, it's not talking about God's people. It talks about people that are not godly. But here's what we just want to see, though. The, the tongue and the lips are very powerful and they can cause ruin and destruction, and they, they can hurt us. Then, then on the contrary now, look at this scripture, Proverbs 15 and verse 4, gentle words are a tree of life. Okay? Now, that is, isn't that interesting? You know, I, I think, you know, when you think about God, and, and especially for us men, you know, a lot of times we think that we have to be like gruff, and like, this is the way it is, and we have to, you know, be a certain way. And, and actually, you know, God, you know, inspired the Bible, and the creator of the whole universe, it's all, he's all-powerful, he talks about gentle words. So, so the creator of the whole universe that can do miracles and anything he wants to do, he talks about, he says, gentle words are a tree of life. So a lot of times for us men, we just need to know that, you know, you, you know, being gruff and showing that we're macho, you know, I mean, you know, if, if, if I had Craig's body, you know, and I, I'd be up there, could you, you know, Craig's sitting there with that, all those muscles, you know, and then a guy like that that doesn't have gentle words can be extremely intimidating. You especially want guys like him and Lecky and all those guys, like, man, I'm glad they got saved. <laughs> you know, but a lot of times we think that we need to be that way, and actually, you know, of course, sometimes you've got to put your foot down 
you know, and you don't want to go out into the world and be, we don't want to be wimpy Christians, but on the other side of that coin, gentle words actually can do some things. They're helpful, okay? So let's, let's talk about this, how not to fall on our own, own swords. How, as Christians, we don't want to fall on our own swords. So go back to James chapter 3 and verse 5, and look what this says. It says, in the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches, but a tiny spark can set a great forest fire. So I, the thing that I want to notice here, the tiny spark, okay? And the tongue is a small thing. Notice small and tiny. The tongue is small, tiny. You know, notice those words, okay? And then it says, and the tongue is a flame of fire. It is a whole world of wickedness corrupting your entire body. It can set your whole life on fire. For it is set on fire by hell itself. So notice, notice how your tongue, our tongue, it, it can set our whole life on fire. And, and that's, that's actually in a bad way. That's what that's talking about. So we have to understand that our tongue can bring great solutions and our tongue can remove mountains and our tongue can bring great joy and peace in our life or if we don't control it and use it the right way, it can actually set our life on fire. And that's what we see. So, so, so just to be, you know, very loose with our words. Now, I know, I, I know some of you, and I, I know a lot of you, actually, in this early service. Um, and, and I know many of you have been around for a while, and I know you have worked on your words. Where you just don't flippantly let things out. But I, I understand that, because I didn't get saved till I was 23 years old. And you understand that when you don't understand these things that you just say what you think or what you feel and it just comes out of your mouth. So you just, you just let things, but the longer that we're with him, the longer we're in the kingdom and the longer that Jesus is Lord and we're in his word, the less we just let things roll out of our mouth. We just, we, it's really important. To, the Bible talks about bridling the tongue, okay? So, um, so what we, what we want to see here is this, uh, there's different feeders, like what feeds the tongue, what feeds our words. We're, we're, what, you know, whatever we feed on, okay, is what is going to form our words. So I guess in our life we have to say, what, what is forming my words? What forms my sentences, okay? So look at Proverbs chapter 12 and verse 18, and that says, some people make cutting remarks but the words of the wise bring healing. So I, I thought it was good to look at this scripture in this way. Notice it says wise. So a wise, notice how, what, what the person is, notice how that affects their words. The words of the wise, in other words, if you're wise, your words are going to be a certain way. So what does that tell us? It's really good to get wise, get some Bible wisdom to live this Christian life because who you are and what you know will form your words okay so look at this then i these came to me i thought well lord what what would be feeders what would feed us so here's what came to me our flesh can form our words that's feelings our unrenewed mind can form our words that's thoughts and th that would be wrong thoughts our family and friends, that's outside influence. They can form our words. They can, 
make us and pressure us say things the spiritual realm that's like spiritual influence in this case i'm talking about the evil spiritual realm like the spiritual wickedness like where the devil whispers things like uh, that can form our words Uh, the word of god is the best thing that's absolute truth that's what we want to form our words is the word of god now you know that whole thing about the spiritual realm and that kind of thing there uh I, there was a guy that worked in the machine shop with me many years ago. That's before I was a Christian. His name was Andy, and he just kept telling me how that, uh, that he said, I, I have a pain, and he said, I just think, I think it's cancer, and I just got this pain here, and it's cancer. I, and, and he wasn't a Christian, like I say. He just kept saying it every time. How you doing, Andy? Well, I got this pain here, and I'm just thinking it's cancer. You know, he actually got cancer and died. You know, he just kept saying it, and he kept saying it, and he kept saying it, you know, and, and so, like, he didn't know anything. He wasn't a Christian. He didn't know what the Bible said. So he, he just had that, there could have been a voice whispering to him, you got that pain is cancer. His flesh is talking to him. You know, our flesh, our feelings talking to him. And you can just say the wrong thing. What, what forms, it's important, what do, we, what do we allow to form our words? Okay, so... We, we can choose, so when we yield our tongues, okay, we want to talk about yielding the tongue, so here's, uh, here's another thing, just going over this again, when you, when you want to yield your tongue, you can yield your tongue to feelings, your own thoughts, outside influences, evil spiritual realm, or we can yield our tongue to God's absolute truth, and when we yield our tongue to the absolute truth, God is formed our words and our sentences and everything we say it's being formed by god okay and that's when our mouth and our tongues are blessing us that's when we put up the shield and that's when we can use the sword okay so just to uh come to a conclusion here how to use our swords as weapons that's what we're talking about today so here's just a few things on how to use our swords as weapons so here's the first one Uh, We don't allow our mountains to form our words. If you want to use the sword as a weapon for good, don't allow the obstacle in what you're facing to be the thing that forms your words. Okay? So, and and I say that even with every area of life. When I I was in the hospital and when I was talking to people in the hospital, I could tell that their situation was forming their beliefs and when your beliefs are formed from a situation, that's then how your words and sentences are formed. Okay, so, so you want to make sure that your situation and what you're facing isn't what constructs your sentences or forms your words. Uh, okay, so that's the first thing. If the, if the sword is going to bless us, the first thing is never let our mountains form our words. Because God talks, he says mountains are obstacles. So we don't accept the mountain. We don't make that mountain or situation like that's truth. That's not truth, okay? Secondly, no matter what happens, we choose to yield to God's absolute truth. So if there's an obstacle or a mountain, no matter what happens, we choose to yield our tongue to the absolute truth. And that's God's truth, okay? It's our choice, okay? So the more educated we get, in God, the, 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 more e- the easier it is then to form the right sentences. 
So here I am in the hospital, and I'm hearing people talk, but I, I know that the devil kills, steals, and destroys. I know that God doesn't put that stuff on me to test me. I know all that stuff. But people in the hospital, they weren't saved, and they didn't know that. So I hear them talking, and I'm thinking, Jesus came to give life and life more abundantly, and, and I know that I'm in this situation, but I thank God that even though I've got, I put myself here and I did some things, but by the stripes of Jesus, his healing power's working in me. By the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed, and I'm going to walk out of this place, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And I mean, I, I've been released from both hospitals that I was in, you know, and I'm, I, I'm, I'm done. But I wasn't going to, because they, they told Patsy, they said, oh, when they, when they told her in, in the emergency room, they said, this is really bad what's going on with your husband. And I, how long did they say I was going to suffer? They said I was going to suffer for months. Now, I, I had people all around praying for me, too, and I, I don't, it's not all about what I did because, I mean, I had people all over the world praying for me, so thank God for that. But what they told her did not come to pass. Now, I'm, I, and I got released, I got released uh, on Thursday from the hospital, official released, and that was the kidney doctor, but my kidneys it now are functioning at 53%. And so that's like having one kidney. So the doctor says, you don't need to come and see us anymore because you can live a long and great life the way you are and he said and don't expect your kidneys to get any better because that's probably the way they're going to be well i just heard and i respect him as a doctor these guys studied a long time so i respect that but i thought okay well i'll let you say that i'm not going to correct you i re, i honor your office as i you know i honor your education and everything you did but i knew in my heart that my i'm going to say my kidneys are going to be a hundred percent that's what I'm going to say about my kidney. So, I'm, so that's a mountain. That's an obstacle I have there. And I'm not, going to accept, I'm not going to let what he said form my words. I'm not going to let the situation form what I believe. Okay? And that's, that's the advantage we have when we get into God's word and, and get truth. And that's absolute truth. Okay? The next thing is to allow absolute truth to instruct our hearts inform our words and and so that's the exact opposite what we want to do is we want to let the truth instruct our hearts and form our words that that's how we use our shield and that's how we're able to use our swords as weapons okay now look at this scripture james 3 3 it says we can make a large horse go wherever we want by means of a small bit so notice here the large horse and the small bit so like it's you know if you can get that small bit in the horse's mouth the horse is monstrous compared to the horse's mouth but you can control that big horse by getting the bit in the mouth it's a little bit but you can control something big we have to understand how powerful our tongues are and what we believe and then look at james uh, 3 4 it says and a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the the pilot chooses to go notice the small rudder and the used ship so that little rudder on those big ships can move those big ships we have to understand that our tongue can do some big damage but then let's take it on the positive side our tongue can remove some big mountains that this little thing in our mouth with the right beliefs in god's truth it can remove some big mountains okay so look at James 3, 5, it says, in the same way, the tongue is a small thing. 
that makes for grand speeches, but a tiny spark can set a great forest fire. So let's look at that in the positive. You know, even a tiny spark, you know, uh, even for Christianity. You know, uh, I remember talking when I first moved to the country here, and, uh, and we never knew we'd pastor, but I was talking to a pastor. We were sitting, drinking a coffee, looking over at those things where they played pokies. I went, and so the, the pastor said, man, that place is full. The parking lot's full all the time. Those places are full, and our parking lots are empty. And, that, and he was saying that about the church. And I thought, well, if I ever pastor, I don't think I'm going to say that. There's certain things I don't want to say about the people that attend church. So I want to say our people are faithful. And, you know, instead of, so you don't let the present situation form what you believe. So even in Christianity, why not say the presence of God is in our church all the time? Why not say God's healing power is on our property? Why not say that when we walk on this property, people are changed, they, they sense God as soon as they come on the property, and God starts working in their hearts as soon as they come on the property. Why not say all of those kind of things and saying what actually sometimes you have a different reality, but why accept it? Why not say something else? You see what I'm saying? Why not, why not saying that God is working in my life? God, you know, why not say all of those things, okay? Okay, so our tongues are small. They can cause big problems or they can defeat big problems and remove large mountains. Okay, so let's go back to this scripture and we'll finish up here then. So Mark eleven twenty three. just getting back to that. It says, for surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things which he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Okay, so here's what Jesus says now. This is important. Jesus said to speak to our mountain, and he didn't say to speak about the mountain. But he says to speak to the mountain. Now, I'm flesh like your flesh, so I have all the same temptations. So I know how tempting it is to speak about a mountain instead of speaking to the mountain. And so even when that comes with relationships, when there's relational problems, you, you would like to speak about the person that you feel like bothered or hurt you. You want to speak about the problem, about the relationship, about what's going on. But why not, instead of speaking about it, why not speak to it? So that has to do with physical body, finances, relationships, everything you can imagine, it has to do with that. So he says to speak to it, not about it. And then Jesus actually said here he said our mountain would obey us so when we choose to speak to the mountain the mountain has to obey us and he, he and here's the thing he only said there's only one thing that's necessary so you want to use your sword and you want to use faith as a sword he said there's only one thing that's necessary he said when you say it believe what you say will come to pass that's all he said we need just that one qualification, believe what you say will come to pass. So I, I, the way that I do it, if I ever say something, like when I, I think I'm going to speak to this, and I speak to it, and I think, you know, I, I don't really think I believe what I said will come to pass. Does anybody know what I'm saying in that way? That you actually spoke to something, but what you, when you said it, you didn't really believe it was going to come to pass. So 
I always just like to say it this way. When you speak to a situation and when you say it and you don't really believe that's going to come to pass, what should you do? Go back and feed on the promise of God about that. So if you have sickness in your body and you're speaking to your body and you're thinking, well, I don't really believe that it's going to leave right now because I, I just don't have that. Go back and feed on scriptures that say, by his stripes I'm healed. And just feed on that. By his stripes I'm healed. And, and keep feeding on it. And then you want to speak to it because when you say it, the only qualification Jesus said is when you say it, believe what you say will come to pass. So you can always go back and feed if you're struggling in that area. So to make sure that when you say it, you believe what you say will come to pass. And then just finally today, the pressure isn't on our strength and might. And, and here's the thing we have to understand. It's by grace through faith all the time. So the, Jesus said this. He said, if you just have faith like a mustard seed, so I'm not going to carry this pressure on me about where is my faith, where's, where's my faith level? Because like Christians will do that. I, I don't know if I have enough faith. Where's my faith level? You know, well, Jesus kind of helped us with that. He said, if you just had faith like a mustard seed, mustard seeds are really small. So what, what is that saying? Let's not take pressure on ourselves. But like Jesus just said, if you just have faith like a mustard seed and you say, so really Jesus is into us starting to say something. So even when we go back and feed, when you feed on the Bible, it's good to feed on it say it like so i like when i feed I, I like to say it out loud so by his stripes i'm healed by his stripes i'm healed by his stripes i am healed and that's one way to feed jesus is really into us saying things so saying something helps us to believe it it's good to have our mouth going all the time you know it's good to have our mouth but not with gossip and murmuring it's good to have our mouth going all the time with the word of God. By his stripes, I'm healed. Uh, you know, uh, I can do all things to Christ who strengthens me. I have the spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. Uh, I'm blessed coming in. I'm blessed going out. No evil will come near my dwelling. No weapon formed against me will prosper. It's good to just always say that stuff because it's feeding us and it's an empowering us to be able to believe what we say will come to pass praise God father I thank you for uh, your word today Lord thank you for everyone that came today father God I thank you that you take these words father God and these words father that uh, they're just illuminated with people uh, understanding how important words are father God thank you so much Lord thank you so much for the shield and the sword and I thank you Heavenly Father as Christians, we can protect ourselves and we can also go on the offense. Thanks for listening. We're always encouraged to hear how God is using this ministry to change lives. If you have a story you would like to share about how God is working in your life, please let us know and send us an email at church at If you would like more information or resources on this or other topics, or if you would like to sow into this ministry financially to help us share messages just like this one each week, please visit our website at rhema.org.au.